Welcome to the Monday Nights Podcast. Anchored in sobriety. We're a group of men building real connection and relationship. Going after the things that make us fully alive. If that's what you're looking for, you're in the right room. Michael and Lisa Coons, welcome back. Thanks. Yes, it's good to be here. Thank you so much. Another another exciting episode of Monday Night's podcast. Woo woo. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for the time that you you gave us before in in introducing yourselves and a little the backstory and where you're at. I'd love to hear what you guys are doing now. What what life looks like, what you're doing with uh, you know, I know I know it all already. So really I I'm not asking. Yeah. I'm, I'm asking you to tell <laughs> Well, as a recap real quick, um, just for context, Michael and I both were married almost 20 years. Um, Our spouses both passed away in the fall of 2015, and we met 2017 and got married in 18. So June of 2018. Yeah. So we've been married little over three years. We have a blended family with six kids and um, about two years ago. Yeah, so so like right after we got married, I had this great idea. Hey, let's I would love to work together. Yeah. And so we set up a little home office and <laughs> and I was working from home and Lisa was kind of working from home and and we we did that. So for about so so for about a week. Well, one week <laughs> we worked together. And then Yeah, I didn't love the supporting role that I was in. I didn't feel super appreciated. <laughs> and then my coworker abandoned ship. Yeah. And she got a she got a job with someone else and she came in and she's like, Michael, guess what? I got a job. And I'm like, with who? Doing what? <laughs> I Why? Thought we were, I'm I here. thought we were yeah. yeah, I thought we were working together. So so that first uh, that first month of marriage, that first grand idea that we had didn't work out so well and I lost my I lost my partner at work. <laughs> and uh, and so we so I was doing construction consulting and she got into interior design. Yeah, so it seemed very compatible. Yeah, so we're doing similar stuff. Like what couldn't we work together? Surely sure. we can figure this out. But it didn't work. So for the next year or so we um we worked construction related stuff. And we were married, and all the marriage stuff was great going forward. But the work side was like, well, yes. But six six months into marriage, we had been invited to um, host a home group for our church. And uh, we said, we'll pray about it. And we did. We looked into it. And and we decided to do it and set it up as a class. Having been single um, in our 40s, we recognize that the dating experience was much different than the <laughs> 1990s. That some yep, things sure. had shifted. Some things had shifted. I like that. And, just slightly. Um, just a little bit. Slightly. and um, Not just we, the clothes. Thank yeah. You. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> truth. There's some truth there. And so we, we had seen some stuff. We'd actually recognized maybe a little dysfunction in some areas and just things damage. where – we might there, have some wisdom and we both had some dating experiences and the younger friends that we had really were curious and wanted to know. And they had a lot of questions. So we decided just to take what we had learned and the things that Holy Spirit had had us do while we were single. Yeah, some of the practical things 
we went ahead and kind of just put it together pretty quickly and made a, a class curriculum and started teaching yeah, uh, mm-hmm. a class for and singles. That, and that escalated. Uh, enough people wanted to do it. We ended up going into uh, church and doing it there. We had a couple sessions there at the church. And uh, we're seeing lives get changed. We're excited. We're loving this. We're actually working together. We were. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, woo! So we were... Um, the transformative moment came when uh, we were down in Cancun and we were in the pool and and I, I I think I was probably I probably had a pina colada and and Lisa was mimosa or something and we're talking and <laughs> and we had this epiphany you know it'd be a great idea it would be a great idea if we just quit our jobs and went full time into relationship coaching teaching these classes around dating and relationship and maybe tapping into some marriage stuff. Perfect time. We already had two kids in college and two that were in their senior year of high school. So it sounded like just the best time to do it. And it's incredible. (laughs) If you get an extra pina colada, the decision seems even better. Every, Every great decision is made a few drinks in and it starts with I should quit my job. <laughs> this is just like every great, you know. Um, but on a serious note, we had been feeling like a season of transition. And, and, and honestly, burning your bridges is the best way to motivate you to make the next thing um, succeed. No, we didn't burn our we didn't burn our bridges. We burned our ships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The burned ship, them in the, the harbor. Yeah, yeah. They they were yeah. Like, so we're out on this island of relationship, and we're like, woohoo! And then we look back and we're like, so did we just do that? Yeah. And it's, (laughs) it's been two years since that moment and it has been a lot of fun. And so we were actually still a lot of fun as long as we don't look back at the Harbor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And we were, we were teaching these classes for free and, and doing Mm -hmm. this through, through Bethel church and had a waiting list and it was great. And then, of course, COVID hit. And so we, God is so faithful because he had set us up to do kind of like a little beta test with just a few students online through Zoom. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. In January of 2020, and that class was going through May. So when COVID hit and and the church had to shut down, you know, close its doors and shut down its classes, um, we just transitioned real naturally, organically to Zoom and our class continued on. Yeah. yeah. As a matter of fact, that yeah. very next week, we didn't skip a beat. We just told everyone in person, hey, here's the Zoom link. You can join her online and yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's go. And so we just kept running with it. And then that summer, we just figured, we just felt like it was the time the Lord was transitioning us because at this point, we had already been self-supported for almost a year. Right. So, um, uh, And you know, we should probably move back just a smidge onto that topic right there because our relational material for our class yeah. We don't read books about this stuff. <laughs> we don't talk about our stories from way back three years ago when we met. We talk about what just happened today. Right. Yeah. And, right. and so we, that first, that March, right around the time we transitioned to all online, um, was also about the time where we ran out of money. Now that's I technically I would say we didn't run out of money. We had still had a whole two hundred and twelve dollars in the account. But in Lisa's opinion, that was the same as running out of money. And she had an epiphany that I needed to get my butt in gear and do something. Mm-hmm. And and I sat down, I'm okay, 
give me 24 hours. I can take 24 hours with God and I'll come back and let you know what we're going to do. Because I know I could go back to construction. I could go back and do that. And I knew I could earn money there. And, and what we were doing was changing lives. So I'm like, okay, God. So I took 24 hours, literally spent a lot of that time on my knees with God. And he was silent. I think he was down in Cancun at the pool with his fourth or fifth margarita. And he was fine. And I'm desperate because my wife is unhappy with $212 in the account. <laughs> it, I can't figure out why. By, that doesn't make but, any sense to me. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. by this yeah. point, we were actually enjoying working together. And we were, we were. pretty vested sure. in what we were doing. And so... Yeah. I mean, it's just been a huge walk of faith and God has provided and we're keep doing it. But I actually would love to bring it back to um, to Monday night to yeah, yeah. men's group because a huge part of what we do, um, if you, as you oh, can yeah. imagine, working with singles, purity is an issue. Massive. Mm-hmm. And when we do coaching and we do coaching with couples that are dating or, you know, they're pursuing marriage or they're engaged, you know, one of the the areas that they struggle in the most, and this isn't a surprise, is is purity. And what we talk of the way we, the term that we use is going past peace. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. What does that look like? Yeah. So, you know, there's, I like to put everything in positive terms, like this is what you do and this is what you keep and this is what you, and I know that um, in our culture, we like to shame people. We like to blame. We like to talk about failure and where we messed up. And, and we like to create rules. But right. rules yeah. actually right. don't shift behavior. And here's the deal. Like if you're talking about, okay, we're not going to have sex before marriage. What are you thinking about? Yeah. yeah. You're thinking about sex. You might have said not first, but you're still the topic is sex. Yeah. So your 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 mind is still thinking sex. Your heart is still hearing sex, even though you said not. And so, I can and I can justify a whole bunch of things that are not helpful for yeah. the the foundation of purity that we want to start our marriage in. Because mm-hmm. well, it's not sex, so yeah. I can I can do X, Y, and <laughs> yeah. Z. Because I all we said is we're not going to have sex before marriage. But yeah, and, like and that. we You're call right. that yeah, we call absolutely. that Christian sex. Yeah. Yes, that whole <laughs> gamut from from right. a kiss on the cheek. To intercourse, that's all Christian sex between those two things. And, yeah. And I know you, you, whatever your definition is, but we found that when you say keeping peace, yeah. oh, wow, that is really powerful. Because when your focus is peace, anytime you get a little disruption, you could be miles away from Christian sex, mm-hmm. but you can feel that dis- disturbance in the peace. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can and it's, bring Star Wars into it. And it's yeah, really right. not about us setting what the boundaries are for each person. Mm-hmm. Um, and because for somebody, they may not have peace about kissing on the lips, right? Mm-hmm. And somebody else, it's much further. And so it seems to be a term that a lot of our students and specifically millennials have connected with that it makes the most sense than any kind of rule or boundary mm-hmm. or anything because there's a natural tennis tendency to want to resist those. Because yeah. they've heard that from their parents, the rules and the things they got growing up. Absolutely. It also requires them to first be in touch with their own heart and be in touch mm-hmm. with their own peace. Yeah. Because if for me to identify that that I'm I'm not I'm no longer in peace, I have to first know that I'm in peace, which means I have to be self-aware enough and connected with my heart, which is a really great foundation to start with. Because for mm-hmm. me, I would think 
Oh, I don't know. We went past peace. I don't know where, where peace was in the first, you know, in, in the yeah. past, but now I know exactly what that means because I've done mm-hmm. that work. And so now mm-hmm. if I walk away from, uh, you know, a, a situation, an evening, I know really clearly, oh, I'm, I'm past peace. I'm out of peace. Something is, is disrupted and I can identify what it is rather than, oh, I break, I broke this rule. I need to, mm-hmm. you know, repent and then try not to break it next week. Like that's just not a great formula, right? Yeah. I, so I love I love that model and that that terminology. So mm-hmm. having walked through that ourselves in our forties, when to be honest, a lot of people would never ask a couple who had been married or widowed or maybe even divorced in their forties, oh, how mm-hmm. are you guys doing with peace? How are you doing with your purity? Right? A lot right. of people wouldn't even ask that. But since well, and on that point, on all the people that we met with, coached with, counseled with, mentored with before we got married, only mm-hmm. one couple asked us, "Hey, how are you doing around sex?" Mm-hmm. Like yeah. only one couple asked. Everyone Which else, if a, if a twenty year old, twenty two year old couple comes in, that's the first thing. That's that's everything that they want. Hey, what are you guys yeah. doing? Yeah. Don't touch each other. And and yeah. purity yeah. is not age relative. Yeah. Sure. So it doesn't, in in my mind, it doesn't matter if if you've been married before, if you, it doesn't matter how old you are. Purity is, it has to do with your relationship with between you and God. It's not age defined. And so because we did walk through that after having been married 19, 20 years, after having a, a very healthy sex life, and now we found ourselves single and not by choice, now we had to manage our purity in a new way. Mm-hmm. That we yeah. didn't have to manage it before, right? And so now we we actually our experience is relevant to somebody who's in their twenties or thirties and never been sure. married, and because we had to manage it, and that it takes the same amount of effort and skill. Um, it does take, but I, I man, after having had sex thousands of times in our first marriages, that sounds bad. Um, <laughs> but to the second time, and I had already gone through men's group for what, eight years at that time, nine years. And it was more difficult the second time, even Mm. with the background and purity Mm -hmm. that I had, just because there was no more mystery or fear behind it. Right. It was just like, oh, this is what it is. Oh, oh, yeah, I want that again. Yeah. And And, and wanting connection and intimacy. mm -hmm. And we did a really, we did a really good job, but we did go past peace three times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, so I feel like we have something that we can offer and we have authority in that area because yeah. we did do it. We didn't yeah. do it perfectly, but we still we still did it. We still uh, finished that race well. Mm-hmm. And the one thing, too, is that we share with our students is just because you get married doesn't mean your journey with purity ends. Sure. Because you still have to manage your purity inside of marriage. You manage your thoughts. You manage. And one of the things that Michael and I, Michael, based on his experience in the room mm-hmm. with you guys based on him being connected to his heart. He said something I'd never heard before. He said, Lisa, I commit that I will not have an orgasm apart from you. I don't want to have mm. any orgasms apart from you. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't even, I mean, I think that should be a, Oh, that just makes sense. But sure. it wasn't anything I'd ever heard before. Not in my first marriage, not from anybody else, not in media books, whatever. And so I thought, okay, I can do that. I can commit to that too. That makes sense. And um, we ended up going to Love After Marriage about 18 months into being married. And 
the ministry that does that hosts that is called Nothing Hidden Ministries. And there is one module that they do and they talk about living with nothing hidden. Yeah. Not yeah. just in your marriage, but just in your life. Sure. And so I really felt convicted and I and I went to Michael and there was two things that I needed to confess to him. Mm. One, I had lent a dear friend some money to get out of an abusive marriage for legal fees. And the second mm-hmm. one is I said, hey, I have had three or four orgasms apart from you through mm-hmm. masturbation um, over the last 18 months. Mm. And, the, um, and the beautiful thing was she led in that. Yeah. Uh, it's my job as the man to lead. And I came back after she had confessed that. Um, we confessed that and just kind of processed and came back to peace. And then it was later on, I actually came back and said, hey, there's been two or three times where I've masturbated as well over this first year and a half of marriage. It was like mm. two days later. And I was like, dude, you <laughs> left you left me hanging for like two days. Like I was the only one. Like Brutal. And you know what? And the yeah. truth is, like, I've been in group for how long by that point? I knew better. Yeah, I, totally. I had probably already shared with my small group about those events. I just hadn't told Lisa. And I am learning a whole new level of vulnerability that honestly, I, I, I'm more comfortable with it now, but at the time was terrifying. Yeah. I didn't know, like, in my first marriage, I couldn't share those things and it'd be a valuable experience. Right. I right. shared with my small group and I let them know what was going on. But when she shared those things, it was really easy for me to have mm-hmm. compassion with her and walk through that. But then it's a day or so later, and honestly, I wasn't consciously holding it from her. I just, a couple of days later, I realized, oh my gosh, I didn't ever include her. And I, okay, what's going on? Oh, I'm afraid. Yeah. I'm afraid of what how she's going to handle this. And I got to come clear a couple of days later, and she still loves me. It, it's a powerful, <laughs> it's a powerful result of the room. Uh, we we practice in the room how to live transparently and how to, you know, the the concept of nothing hidden. Um, it, that that's a, a high value that we have. One of the highest values we have in the room is telling the truth, being transparent, living, you know, and then getting to the place of vulnerability where you're you're current with somebody and sharing everything. And it's still very difficult and scary to bring that into our relationship, our romantic relationship, our marriage and say, Hey, this is what's really going on. This is what I've really done. And because we have uh, many of us have a history of that not going well and that, that not leading, you know, if you're not partnered well with someone who can handle that and who's living at that same level, it can be scary and you shrink back and you just learn from, from past trauma. Don't do that. Don't don't mm-hmm. bring that up. That doesn't go well. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hide that. And unwinding and, that is such a powerful thing. And obviously, I I've, I've been able to see it in you know with you guys and and living mm-hmm. transparent and being open and saying, hey, here's my ugly stuff. Here's my mistakes and walking through with each other. Yeah, well, I think we're both learning that there's always room to do it at a new level. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because I thought I was living pretty transparent before and it it's like, wow, there's always another level we can go to. And I recall after he shared that I wasn't, I think because I had like, basically I'd already owned up right mm-hmm. to my stuff. Yeah. So I didn't actually take it super personal and it wasn't connected because 
yeah, sometime in the last 18 months. It wasn't connected to anything. And so to be honest, my first response, other than, dude, you left me hanging for two days, was, hey, let's actually like spiritually go to battle in this by actually connecting physically. So Mm -hmm. I was like, let's have sex. Like, Mm -hmm. let's actually like connect in intimacy Mm -hmm. as a spiritual weapon. Yeah. Yeah. But then we had a different experience. Well, let, let me go there because that's my experience. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Just this last, just a few months ago. Matter of fact, Eli, you got to be part of that class. So. I, I was. Yeah, was real, about- real quick. I, I um, as the listeners, you guys know, I'm divorced now and entering the world of dating. And I joined their dating class because I really want to do it right and um, have just you know, gained a ton from you guys. Absolutely loved this, this last course. And in that we've had a beautiful opportunity to watch this play out and you guys walk this out. And I really appreciate it. Yeah. And on that note, real quick, multiple people have talked about who have been through your class. They've never had pastors, spiritual parents, mentors, mm-hmm. leaders live their relationship from a place of strength and confidence and trust and transparency and and sharing wisdom from a place of current existence and current challenges rather than past experience and what I've learned 20 years ago, but I'm not going to share what I'm struggling with right now. And so many of the the community that, of singles and just young people that are you know, surrounding you now, that is the value. That is the value that you guys bring is this current transparent mm-hmm. walk of we're not perfect and we're you know, navigating through this, but we're, we're not going to let failure derail us. So on that note. Yeah. (laughs) So, so the class is called the dating discovery and in week six out of the 10 weeks, the, the subject is about managing sexual purity and emotional Mm -hmm. boundaries and knowing that as teachers and as a class is when we we are actually like helping students to take territory back from Mm -hmm. the enemy, right? Mm -hmm. To break strongholds. So knowing that the week or two before we start praying into, we have our intercessors start praying into like, hey, let's make sure we're all covered and protected because we can be subject to being under attack spiritually because of what we're we're about to lose students into. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that... The Monday of that week, the class in person's Tuesday, and then Thursday, Friday, the Zoom calls for the online class. And that Monday, I looked at porn and I masturbated, mm-hmm. and and I it was right before Monday night men's group. And I go into my small group and I'm just like, "Hey, this just happened," and didn't hide it. Told them. and didn't take a lot of time to process. Although I was in process. But it was just like, okay, well, I'm, I have not been taking care of yeah. me and my heart. And I, after small group, I went straight home and I told Lisa what had happened. And it was that day. It was fresh. And the next day, we're teaching a class about purity. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, he, you know, I, I had, he had gone, as far as I know, like um, I had a, a friend come over and she was helping me groom the dog. And, and, uh, and so she leaves about nine and Michael comes home at about nine fifteen, which was early for a Monday night for men's group. And, 
and I'm sitting at the counter in the in the kitchen and he doesn't look like he's okay. And I I ask him, I'm like, hey, are you okay? Like, how was group? Are you okay? And he was like, actually, I'm not okay. Hmm. And he said, um, he goes, tonight I looked at porn and masturbated. And um, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah. And yeah. to be honest, I was a little in shock and I was I started reeling. Yeah. I was like, when, where? What, like, I just, sure. I, like, what do you mean? Like, how did I, and in my mind, I'm like, how did this happen? Mm-hmm. Like, how did this happen? And, um, he started sharing about, and then the day before we had actually had a pretty, a pretty tough conflict that we had processed and hadn't actually fully resolved and earlier. And then actually we had had another one also that week before. So he was like, yeah, I just recognize I was feeling disconnected. Well, mm-hmm. and honestly, I mean, in our class, you've experienced this. We talk about what we are, we are relentlessly pursuing honesty, vulnerability, and relational health. Yeah. And that requires a lot of energy. Yeah. And I can see, I mean, now looking back, I can see, wow, I wasn't. I wasn't being honest with myself about how much energy it was costing mm-hmm. to go on this journey. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I wasn't taking the extra time for adventure, for relaxing, for just even just going camping or whatever. I wasn't taking the time to allow my heart and mind to rest and and recover honestly or create the extra emotional capacity yeah. that you need to buffer when you're engaging yeah. at a new level. Yeah. yeah I mean, we're coaching sure. people, we're teaching the classes, we're processing conflict and then we're walking into class and we're telling the class about the conflict that we just had and we're finishing the process in front of people yeah. and all of that's beautiful. Right. But I, and honestly, it, it wasn't so much that I failed. It's just, I, we're stepping into a new deeper arena Mm-hmm. And I need to learn some new tools and I hadn't taken the time to do that. Yeah. And I'm still grappling with what that looks like, but at least now I'm doing it with a knowledge of, oh, well, I'm feeling a little exhausted. Okay. What does it look like to emotionally take care of myself in a really intense setting? So, so Lisa, yeah. what did, what did that look like? Obviously the, the night of it, it hit you really hard and it was yeah. a blow. And what did it look like in the, in the days following in walking that out and, and some of the stuff that came up and what did you do with that? Well, you know, Michael did a great job in that he told me, you know, pretty much real time, right? Yeah. He, he told me within a few hours. Um, and I really respect that. And it hit me in a way different way than he had when he had acknowledged before, right? Sure. Oh, there'd been a few times. Sure. Because it was connected to, I mean, he, he had enough awareness to know that it was connected to feeling disconnected in his capacity and hadn't been taking care of himself. He hadn't done a great job in self-care. But I still, I was like, oh, it's connected to conflict with me. Yeah. So yeah. to be honest, I partnered with fear. Sure. And I just want to I just want to call that out. Um, one of the things that we we walk students through, and I want to be I want to live is is just exposing fear. Yeah. For what it for what it is, and to be honest, in that moment, I I I had partnered with this fear, and 
I, I, I wanted to know more about the details. And he said, Hey, do you, do you want to know about the porn or do you want to know about my heart? And in that moment, I honestly didn't have capacity to care for his heart because I felt like I had just been hit pretty hard. That's a really powerful admission. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think we had to kind of just, it was late at night. That's not the great best time to process conflict. That's when people are easily triggered. They're going to say things they don't mean. And so I think we had to kind of just set it aside until we both had Mm -hmm. more capacity. And, but the next day I was experiencing a lot of anxiety. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say, like, I believe that when I partnered with fear, I opened a door for anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. So the next day was a real challenge. Um, It was a real challenge to connect with him, to feel safe. All of a sudden, you know, the the enemy loves to bombard us with these questions of, well, can I trust him? Can I trust him in anything? Is he safe for me? Is he safe for our students? Like I thought this, you know, this is triggered thinking though. Yeah, right. I I now can look back and go, okay, these were triggered thinking. And for me in my own process and the work I've done to go, okay, because we've worked with other people. We've worked with with clients who have been in the situation where it's a husband and a wife and he is still in his journey of walking out purity right. and seeing how she, she's been triggered. So for me, it was like, okay, I know that an aspect of this has nothing to do with Michael. Right. My feeling, my feeling of lack of safety actually started in my childhood was, was uh, reinforced in my first marriage. Yeah in other areas. Right. And now this is, so now it's being triggered. Yeah. Right. So it took a little bit for me to actually sift through that and to acknowledge what was mine and what was his. And once I was able to sift through that a bit, I was able then to have more compassion Hmm. for Michael to connect with him, to remind myself that this was a coping mechanism. It actually isn't connected to how he feels about me or our, or mm-hmm. right, yeah, our relationship. Yeah. And so, but it was a hurdle. It was a yeah. big emotional hurdle that the enemy doesn't want you to jump over. He didn't want me to jump over it. And yeah. so then in that next afternoon, we were able to have a conversation right. where I got to really kind of just emotionally vomit out my triggers. And he, he gave me the grace to do that and to get it out and to talk through it together Mm-hmm. And to find a new place of connection. And we agreed that it would be really powerful if we shared it with our leaders. Yeah. And, Re- and probably our class. Real quick, yeah. I want to point out how powerful it is to um, come to the realization for you, Lisa, that the thoughts and feelings that you initially experienced were not necessarily accurate or mm-hmm. permanent. Right. Like you had to give time to realizing, okay, I'm not going to act on these things. I am not going to allow this fear, the triggers, the what I'm feeling, what I'm the way that my thoughts, this is not, uh, for one, it's not permanent. This is temporary pain and I can get back to a place where my, you know, I can engage my frontal lobe and, and process through mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it's probably not accurate. I'm, I'm sure in those moments you had some anger and some, you know, all the, the bitterness and trust issue, all the stuff that's all the trigger stuff there. Yeah. And, and to have the capacity to slow that process down and give some time there for you to, to, to work through that and get to a place where you could actually re-engage and choose connection. That's, that is powerful. That is, that is a big deal. And yeah. Yeah recognizing I was triggered, recognizing I was partnering with, with fear. And then I had to consciously like renounce my agreement with fear. Mm -hmm. Um, because when my first husband, um, when he took his life the day of when he went missing, Mm -hmm. like this huge door opened up and I partnered with fear and I, it was a six week process to, of anxiety and all these things. And, um, and so just recognizing, Hey, I don't want to go back to that. Like, it's really important that I break up my, break my agreement with fear in this and get to a place of truth and love and connection. And so by that afternoon, less than 24 hours later, we were able Mm -hmm. to get to a place and, um, and I can't recall, but I think we may have even been intimate But then that evening, we shared with our small group leaders who come about a half an hour early before class and that we're really vulnerable. And to be even emotional and share and to be like, hey, this is what we've just walked through this week. Mm -hmm. And we think we're going to share it with the class. And um, and so Mm -hmm. they were they really supported us. They loved us. And even some of them had acknowledged that they had struggled in purity that week. Mm. And so we started teaching the class and about three fourths of the way through class, it felt appropriate to share it. And so we did. So with the room of of 30 people, we shared it and that level of vulnerability that we had stepped into and had cultivated set the group up so that when they went to small group time, they were able to share. So like men's group in this particular week, they got a five minute share to share whatever they wanted to share around their sexual story, mm-hmm. any aspect of it they wanted to share. And I just want to give this testimony because this is the power of vulnerability and living yeah. in the light. Yep. So a gal who had shared in her group, she'd never shared it with anybody before that as a believer, she had had, you know, she had had a break in purity and she had contracted HPV, mm-hmm. a sexually transmitted disease. And her group loved on her so well and and just accepted her and helped break off shame and spoke truth into her that the next day she shared it with her best friend. She had the courage to share it with her best friend. Her best friend prayed for her. She felt like she had been healed in that prayer uh, encounter. And then a couple days later, she went to her doctor and got tested. Because of the feelings she'd gotten while she was getting prayed for. Yeah. Yeah. And the results are negative. She was yeah. completely healed of HPV. <laughs> Praise God. I mean, that's, that's, so, just, that's so great. You conquer fear and God can heal. And yeah, it's so beautiful. I, I never, I never would have thought that by us sharing the right. vulnerability of, of a, of a mishap that Michael had. Right. And yeah, and the truth is that was scary. Like, Totally. I mean, it, it was a little scary just to tell Lisa, although I was going to do that. But then for her to spin out, that hurt a whole lot because not only I already had pain, yeah. and then I failed, which creates pain. And then 
Lisa didn't take it well. So that created more pain. So I kept connecting with my group, but then the next night to share it with 30 people and yeah. to just realize, Hey, we are going to live our lives relentlessly vulnerable and we're just going to lay on God and ask for him to carry us and make and, it possible. And being in the room that night, being, you know, because I was in that in this class that just got done in person and being in the room and going to small group that there was this, um, gosh, it, there was a heaviness, but it was this heaviness of vulnerability where everybody is cracked open and everybody is just able to go to a, a layer deeper um, because of that, which is a beautiful picture of how. The Lord loves to use what the enemy meant for destruction to yeah. to take you to cut you guys off at the knees in all of the good that you're doing in leading singles into pure relationships and into these great relationships that are on good foundation. He meant to cut you mm -hmm. off at the knees, and instead, the Lord yeah. was like, "Nope, I'm going to use this for good." And not only was it good, but holy smokes, was it amazing! Like that, yeah. we wept mm -hmm. in in our small group that night. Multiple people went way oh, deeper than normal because mm -hmm. because you guys led with vulnerability. Hey, listen, I want to really encourage you like you've listened to this experience. And I know we have a desperate desire to show people authenticity and vulnerability. I know there's so many people living lives, artificial lives, because they're simply afraid to be mm. known. Yeah. And yeah. we want we want this testimony to break open people's possibility for being known. I know there's so many people we hear all the time about what Ravi Zacharias and other people, pastors and and uh, actors and whatever, and they have these sordid, horrible pasts that we discover. And the truth is they didn't want that. Mm. Yeah. They did that, but they just, they didn't know there was someone they could talk to. Yeah. They didn't know there was someone that they could be mm. in relationship with that would walk them into healing. Mm -hmm. And I want people to know it's possible. Like mm -hmm. find safe people, build relationships, and then be really honest and real. Mm. Start building that community. And I know we're, we've now got several hundred people that have gone through our class that have experienced us. And we have given them permission yeah. to do yeah. the same. To yeah. be known and to be real. And that's the only place where you can start going forward into real healing in life. Right. Community is so key. And, you know, we are, the pain that we're carrying is, to, is caused by other people. But yeah. God uses people to heal us as well. And so community is so key. And I think that's the value of men's group is that you guys are, are mm, creating, yes. you guys have created a community of men who are willing to be vulnerable, not just transparent, but vulnerable and real and that's where true change and true um, connection and healing happens. Yeah. And it's not about getting there and being perfect. It's about living yeah. and moving forward with the ups and downs and the mistakes and, and everything. So, gosh, yes. thank you guys so much. I really appreciate the time that you've given us. And thanks for being vulnerable and sharing. I mean, that's what we're all about. And you guys have really cracked that open. So, really appreciate it. Love you guys and look forward to to good things to come from you guys. And I'm sure we'll have you yes. back on in the future to talk. Thank you anytime. Yeah. And if anybody wants to check out, oh, the yeah. how, do, Discovery, how do they plug in? How do they plug in? Yeah. What you guys are doing? Uh, just go to our website, thedatingdiscovery.com and you can find out more about our class and when the next one is offered. Yeah. I highly beautiful. recommend it. Whether you're in person in Reading or online, absolutely highly recommend it. It's good stuff. It's cracked 
a ton open in my own heart in this journey. So thedatingdiscovery.com. Thank you, Eli. Thank you so much. Awesome. 